You're listening to the Harbor Worship Center podcast with Pastor Mike Saint. For more information about the Harbor Worship Center, please visit us at harborwc.com. Enjoy today's message. All right, thank you for being here at the Harbor today. If you don't know me, I'm Lead Pastor Mike Sings, and hey, we got something to thank God for. Did you know last Sunday was a record-breaking Sunday? When I counted more than 40 of our regular people gone, they come to me after church and said we had 606 people in the house last Sunday. First time ever over the 600 mark. Give the Lord praise for that. Amen. That is just incredible. And so I am delighted to see you here today. And I wanted to tell you that we are closing out our undefeated series. And we have had a wonderful time. In fact, the very first message that we talked about was uh, we are not defeated. And then after that, we followed that up with a message called Whatever It Takes. And then last Sunday, in my mind, could be one of the greatest messages God ever helped me to preach uh, or preach through me. And that was a message entitled Never Quit. And we just had a fabulous time. And so I want to urge you to go to YouTube, search for The Harbor Worship Center, see our logo, subscribe to the channel, go catch up with that. Feel free to share it all over the world and what your friends and so on and so forth. But today I want to finish this up because we talked about we're not defeated, we're more than a conqueror, we never quit and whatever it takes and all of that. But here's what I want you to know today. What you got to know today is that you will not stay sharp forever. You will not stay sharp forever. Listen, nobody hits a grand slam every time they come to the plate. Nobody comes to the pulpit. You know, Brother Richard said to me a few months ago, he said, Pastor, have you ever preached a bad message? I said, yes, we just don't put them up. (laughs) Amen? I mean, uh, nobody is on their A game 100% of the time. If you are, how many of you ever watched a heart monitor? It goes like this, right? If it stays all the way at the bottom (laughs) or all the way at the top, you are flatlined. You are dead. Are you with me? Say amen. Now listen, you got to understand this, that there are people who are sharp, and the only reason they're sharp is they stay in the sheath. They ain't never cut nothing. I mean, they got saved, and they they hadn't done one thing. And so you might be sharp, but but the deal is this. You have to be able to look at that blade and see that it's been used some, that that there's an, you know, yeah, uh, it's worn down a little bit because it has worked, and then it has been taken back to the rock. Now, I got a little rock in here, and it don't really fit the size blade I got here, but nonetheless, when it gets dull, you got to bring it back to the rock. Are you with me? Say amen. And so the deal is this, you're not going to stay sharp forever. That is if you're doing anything. Let me just say this. Uh, someone says, well, 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 well pastor, um, you, you know, why should I try to do this? It ain't going to last. Listen, my bath I took Friday didn't last either. I mean, I had to get another one Saturday. Amen. And before the day's over, I'm going to get another one today. Why? Because I'll be smelling fresh and clean and got all that good smell good on and, you know, the Calvin Klein and, you know, spike up your hair and do all that stuff. But you get out in the sun and you do a little bit of work and you're sweating like a horse and then you smell like a goat. Hello? And Kelly says, whew. And my son-in-law said, that's the, the smell of work. Amen. Listen, it's the smell of money. He's, but the thing about it is you don't walk around like that. You don't go, go home and go to bed like that, I hope. Hello? Uh, no, no, you got to hit the shower. 
it ain't gonna last, but it ain't gonna stop me from doing it. Same way with the edge. I have to go to the rock. The rock, Jesus is the rock. Are you with me? Say amen. So listen, um, why, why, is it, um, why is it important to know that? It's important to know when you've had enough. I heard a story of a guy who was, um, he was a lumberjack. Man, he was cutting. And man, uh, Stanley could tell you if he was here. He, he owns a, a chainsaw business. And man, this lumberjack was just cutting. And man, he was just cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting and smoke coming off the blade and little old bitty powder. I mean, the, the chain was just so dull. And a guy came up to him and said, sir, why don't you take the time to sharpen the saw? He said, I ain't got time to stop and sharpen the saw. And that's what's happened to a lot of God's people. You can't live a championship lifestyle 100% of the time, wide open all the time. You've got to go back to the rock. If he would have taken the time to sharpen the saw, it would have been throwing hunks out. I mean, and it would have been cutting like butter. I mean, sliding through those, that, that wood like butter. You cannot stay sharp all the time. You've got to take time and go to the rock. If you keep doing you keep on doing what you're doing 100% of the time. And I have to tell myself this because pastors are most uh, susceptible to this idea that I'm doing God's work and uh, you know, I'm studying and I'm preparing and I'm preaching and I'm visiting and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And if we're not careful, we're like a lumberjack with a dull chain. And while we're doing a lot of things, we're not making much progress. And the same thing goes for you too. So listen, here's the deal. You've got to learn how to keep the edge. You, you can't, to keep on going in your own strength is a dangerous thing. To keep on going in your own strength is very dangerous. So what, listen, I was skinning a hog a few weeks ago at uh, Brother Keith's house. And man, I was just uh, cutting away and cutting away and cutting away. And all of a sudden, man, I'm putting more pressure pushing down harder and cutting less hide. Are you with me? Say amen. Brother Keith said, man, you need to take that stone or take that knife to the rock. You got to do something with it. And so you'd be amazed if you would just sit there and take a little bit of time and begin to work that edge. Are you with me? Just begin to work that edge a little bit. And then you go back there and you have to be careful or you'll cut too much. Same way in your own life. What is, it that, what is it that brings the edge back? I'm glad you asked. It's things like, uh, uh, you know, because you might ask, Pastor, how do I live that championship lifestyle? How can I stay a conqueror? How can I never say quit? How can I do whatever it takes and keep that vitality? How do I do it? You're not going to do it in your own strength. You're going to have to realize it's not you. Let, let me tell you something. Jesus done two notable miracles and right in the middle of them, he stopped to do something. Number one, on a hillside, he fed 5,000 men, not counting women and children. Scholars say about 20,000 people ate that day from a little boy's lunch. Huh? Just a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread. And Jesus said, set them down. And they began to break the bread and they fed 5,000 people. And they were so enraged by that. The people were just so blown away. He just kept reaching in the bucket and just handing out more fish and more bread and more fish and more bread. And they just, they thronged him. I mean, they followed him and they wanted, him to, they wanted to make him king, et cetera, et cetera. And what Jesus did was unique. He, sent, he told the people, his disciples, send the crowds away. He said, and then I want you, the only way we're going to disperse the crowd is if we get out of here. Huh? When Elvis left the building, people finally went home. Are y'all with me? And he said, get into the boat, go to the other side. So the disciples got in the boat and they said, what you going to do? He said, I'm going to go on the mountain and pray. 
So he sent them in the boat right into the middle of the storm, by the way. And then he went up the mountain to pray. Here's what I want you to understand. In, in, in the middle of two notable miracles, the Bible said in verse 45 of Matt, Mark 6 and 45, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before them to the other side of Bethsaida while he sent the multitude away. And he sent them away. He departed to the mountain to pray. And what I'm saying is this. How do you keep your edge? You cannot keep your edge without prayer. You cannot keep your edge without personal devotion to the Lord. It cannot be just a big parade here on Sunday morning. It cannot be just letting the praise team get you pumped up. It has to be where you open the word of God every day and you do some sort of devotion and you've got some sort of Christian music pumping in your life and you have a personal time with the Lord. Even Jesus Christ, well go ahead and give him praise. Even Jesus Christ felt the need to push 5,000 or 20,000 people away and put 12 guys in a boat and say, y'all go do what you gotta do, but I gotta get along with daddy. You'd be amazed at what just a little talk with Jesus will do. Amen. Jesus went on that mountain and he began to pray. And as he began to pray, a storm brewed out there. And here come another notable miracle. He walked down that mountain, walked to the edge of the Sea of Galilee, and just kept right on walking, right out on the water. Amen. I'm telling you, it's when you spend time in prayer with God, when you spend time studying the Word of God. Let me ask you a rhetorical question. That means you don't have to answer. Just consider it. When is the last time you opened the word of God for personal devotion? When is the last time you said, God, would you please speak into my heart? When is the last time you took a journal and just wrote something down what God might be telling you? I can tell. So listen, if we don't make room to sharpen our spiritual lives, we become dull. We work relentlessly to achieve less and less and less. Don't make much sense, does it? No, it don't. Listen, here's what happens. We gotta be decisive on this war um, to, to do the right thing. If we're not careful, it'll be the tyranny of the urgent that steals all your time away. Listen, if you don't plan your calendar, if you don't build in a time with the Lord, if you don't build in that time, guess what takes place? The urgent. Because we want to do what's important, but we don't. We do what's urgent. I'll give you an illustration. You knew your tires was bald. Hello? You knew you should have replaced them six months ago. Now they look like onions. It's important that you replace them a long time ago because they had far less than two 30 seconds. You was putting your life in danger and your children and perhaps your grandchildren, and you knew that, and it was important, but it wasn't urgent. But coming to church this morning, bah, one of them blew out. And you say, oh, my Lord Jesus, help me now. Although I've neglected this. I've known it, oh, God, for six months. But please help me now so I don't flip this car. And you get over, and now you're going to pull over and change it. You know why? It's urgent. It's no longer important. It's urgent. And if you're not careful, the urgent things in life will take the place of the important. If you don't budget your time. In other words, if I don't say, I'm going to talk to God during this time. If I don't block off and say, this is this meeting. This is walking with Kelly. This is this. This is that. If, if we don't block it out, guess what? The urgent will take place. Listen, so what are you going to do? You're going to have to do something. Uh, uh, you're going to have to schedule intentionally your life. In other words, if some of you join a life group, you're going to say, you know what, on Wednesday night or, or Thursday night or two, whatever night it is, bam. That's where I'm going to meet and do life together 
with God's people. Did you know? So how do you do that? How do you keep this championship lifestyle? You ain't going to do it on your own. You ain't going to do it showing up to church once a month. You're not going to do it haphazardly. You're going to do it when you're intentional about reading the Word of God, when you're intentional about studying the Word of God, when you're intentional about being in company with God's people, when you're intentional about being at worship. Amen? So you're going to have to, you're going to have to schedule, you get to schedule your own time. And then you're going to have to read intentionally as well. I know some of you hate reading. Hey, we got it fixed for you. Google will read it to you. Hello? We got Bible apps now. There ain't no excuse. You say, well, I can't even read. Okay, that's fine. Just hit that little button that looks like a, micro, uh, a speaker, and it'll, it'll talk to you. So there's no real excuse anymore. In fact, most, most any book that's reputable anymore has an audio book as well, Amazon.com, baby. Uh, so listen, you've got to schedule intentionally. You've got to read intentionally. You've got to wait patiently. And, and you know what? I, I'm not real good at that. I'm a... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little impatient. Um, it really bothers me. I was at the car wash yesterday, and it just drives me crazy when I go to the car wash and I pay my money or whatever. The gate raises up, and I go, and the car in front of me has got 47 feet between them and the next car. And I want to say, pull up! But I got on a harbor shirt. So, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no. But um, stuff like that drives me crazy. Uh, light turns green, and it's like people got to file their fingernails. And well, I'm like, just go, man. Are y'all with me? Uh, that just drives me nuts, but listen. <laughs> and then you, listen, not only do you have to pray and read, when was the last time you just sat in silence? I do it sometime with a tape recorder or, or your iPhone, whatever, and just speak into the recorder what you feel God is speaking into your life. I do it about messages all the time. People think I'm crazy sometimes, you know, and Kelly wake up in the middle of the night and I'm talking to my telephone. Speaking. You know, you, you got to do that kind of stuff. Let me move on. Listen, so, so why is it important? I'll guarantee you, if you'll do these things, you'll be more confident. I'll guarantee you'll be more effective. It's like sharpening that knife. And when you do get back out on the road, when you do get back out on the field, you'll realize, man, when you move that knife, things are laid back, man. Why? Because someone told me, said, Pastor, I come home one day from a vacation and, man, I, I must have preached one of them grand slam deals. And people said, man, we want you to go on vacation again next month. Now, I don't know if they enjoyed my message that much or my absence that much. But here's the deal. What happens is when, you're, when you take time to pray, when you take time to read, when you go back to the rock and you begin to hone that edge, all of a sudden you become more and more and more effective. Listen, I, I want to show you something. Um, how, how are you going to keep that edge? Let, let me, I want to tell you a story. And I wish I had time to read it to you. It comes out of Joshua. They can put the scripture, Joshua 4 and 1. But, and it goes on down through uh, verse 7 or 8. Here's the deal. The children of Israel came through the Jordan. And when they came through that, I mean, God made a way for them. I mean, God opened the waters and they walked through. And when they got through on the other side, the Lord spoke to them and said, uh, listen, I want you to tell each one of these tribal leaders to get one man from each tribe 12 tribes of Israel, and I want them to go back out there in the water tomorrow, and I want them to find a stone, something, you know, that they can carry. I want them to get that stone out of the water, and I want them to lug that stone back out of the water and up here, and I want us to put 12 stones. I want us to heap them up and, and make a memorial. 
And, and, and the people said, well, why? why? And, and he said, it, it's not just for you, he said, but it's for your children. He said, because there's gonna come a day when they're walking by town and they're gonna see these 12 stones piled up there and they're gonna ask somebody, say, what does these stones mean? And that's gonna open the door for you to tell the story. Yeah, I'm saying this, looking back at what God did will help you keep the edge. For these kids to look at these 12 stones and then for an elder to tell them, oh yeah, we were standing on the other side of that Jordan River and when, when Moses' feet hit the water uh, or, or, or Joshua led the way, that river just opened up and God made a way and we walked through on dry ground. And the next day, God spoke and said for us to go back and get a stone and make a memorial, pile it up on a heap so that our children can ask us what it means. So that we can tell them that God was making a way for us a long time ago. And I'm telling you, when you look back and see, some of us have been through some hard times. Some of you have been through some hard times. I've been through some trying times. I've seen some, some moments was life and death. And I look back and I don't know why God made a way. I don't know why God did this or that, but I can tell my children this is what God did for me. And you know what it does? It sharpens the edge for my children. They say, if God led daddy through it, if God helped them when they had no help, if God stood with them when everybody else walked out, just maybe God will stand with me. Just maybe I'm not defeated. Maybe I can never quit. Maybe I can go a step further and do whatever it takes to live a championship lifestyle. That don't mean that you're on the mountaintop all the time, but it means that I have faith in the one that I believe. Amen? And that he ain't gonna leave me. Now, let, let me close like this. I've had this oil lamp for 25 years. I bought it when a storm came through in Claxton, Georgia, and I've since broke the vase. I don't know if I broke it or one of the kids broke it, but nonetheless, it's gone. And the other day when uh, we were threatened with the hurricane, I dug it out of the laundry room it's up on a shelf got some real pretty oil that's been there for 20 some odd years I can't believe it but it's there and the Lord gave me an illustration a long time ago and, and here's, here's the deal and you know about an oil lamp right this is just a glass uh, container oil is there and there's you can see it in there it's called a wick now, now we, if that wick is dry now matter of fact it had been sitting for years in, in, on the shelf in the laundry room. And when I put the fire to it this morning, it didn't even light. And then I, I ran the wick down just a little bit and I went too far and, and, and dropped it and it went all the way down in the oil. And here's the way an oil lamp works. When the wick gets completely submerged in the oil, and then I just took this off and I threaded it back up Now what's happening here is that fire is drawing that oil up through that wick. Are you with me? Say amen. And so what I'm saying this, to you is this. When you and I try to do something of our own accord, when we try to do something without being doused in the oil of the Holy Spirit, 
When we try to do something so long that we're no longer bathed in the oil of the Holy Spirit, but we are in the flesh, we are like a dry wick and it cannot draw, it cannot get its power, it is working of its own accord. But if we'll take a little time off and roll it back and just douse ourselves in the oil of the Holy Spirit, then we become a conduit where the Spirit flows up through us and out and gives light to other people. Ooh, stand with me if you will. What I want to tell you is this. God wants you to be bathed in the oil of the Holy Spirit. God don't want you trying to live a championship lifestyle with a dry wick. You can't do it. You can try it, but it won't work. It's like cutting with a dull knife. It's trying to light. Oh yeah, you can burn that wick and you know what it do? It just fizzle right, it burn right out. But right now, here, you gotta understand this and then we're gonna pray. I want you to understand that that wick is not being consumed. The oil is being sucked up through the wick and it's the oil that is burning and not the wick. Likewise, when we are doused in the Holy Spirit, people talk about burnout and I say to some people, you ain't been in ministry long enough to be burned out. But then I, I think about this, if I'm trying to do it of my own accord, I always burn up and burn out. But if I take the time to be replenished, it's just Him and His power that's flowing through me. So that's what I want us to do today. Let us pray, Father. I bless you right now and I honor you. I ask you, Lord, to help me to share this with your people. I pray, God, that they would do the things that they need to do, Lord, to, to, to live a championship lifestyle. We can't live a championship lifestyle in our own accord, in our own way, like a dry wick. So I pray, God, that we would keep our edge We'll keep our edge. How do we do it? We got to pray. We have to read. We have to study. We have to do life together like the early church. They, they met in each other's homes and they prayed together and they sang together and they worshiped together and they went to church together and they witnessed together. So I ask you, Lord, help us live a Christian lifestyle, a championship lifestyle so that we might be undefeated. Listen, don't you mistake one defeat for your final defeat. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I intend to keep the edge. Can I see your hand? I intend to keep the edge. A lot of folks, raise their hand. I intend to keep the edge. How are you gonna do it? Your next step is this, schedule your prayer. Schedule your devotion time. Sundays are already scheduled, 9 and 10.30. Uh, Make it work for you somehow. Wednesday night at seven. But you gotta be intentional about it and I'm gonna give you an opportunity. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at harborwc.com.